This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is the Legendary Moments pregame show, brought to you by Budweiser. There's a drive deep left field, way back, way back, and there she goes! Budweiser, legendary lager for legendary moments in athletics history. Please drink responsibly. I've been looking forward to this all day long. Yes, this is the Legendary Moments pregame show, as we're going to be talking about and getting you ready for Game four of the 1974 World Series. I'm Chris Townsend, and with me, as always, on this journey is the voice of summer, the voice of your Oakland Athletics, Ken Korak. How are you, Ken? I'm great. It's been a good journey, too, as we've gone through 72, 73, and 74. Now we're game four of 74, which the A's won. And as you know, Chris, it was the only game that was not a 3-2 ball game in this series. Yeah, the A's would win at home at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. They'd win 5-2. to two. And not only did the starter have a good game, but he also brought his bat, too. Well, it, it's, it really was amazing as we've gone through these games to see how well the A's pitcher has swung the bat in all of these series because, again, there was no DH. So even though the A's were playing the Dodgers at the Coliseum, Holtzman swung the bat and Homer to get the A's on the board. That's how the A's scored their first run. But the Dodgers came back with two on a triple by Bill Russell that scored uh, Garvey and Ferguson. So the A's were down two to one, but the A's rallied with uh, four runs in the bottom of the sixth inning. And that was when the game was decided. The thing that I've enjoyed on this journey the most is just watching these classic players. You know, this infield that the Dodgers have is one of the best infields of all time. The big red machine had hall of famers all over the place. You know, if you look at the Mets series, you're looking at one of the greatest pitchers of all time, Tom Tom Seaver. So going back and looking at all these historic players, go up against this A's team that wins three straight World Series and becomes a dynasty. They have their own Hall of Famers and true great players. When you think of guys that are not in the Hall of Fame, but Joe Rudy or Kenny Holtzman and Vida Blue, there's so many. This this team really was stacked. And could have won another couple of, of series if it hadn't been for the advent of free agency. And, of course, Catfish Hunter, the first one to leave with the technicality and the contract with the, the Charlie Finley was remiss or whatever actually led to all that. But, of course, Catfish signing with the Yankees beginning in 75. They still got to the postseason that year but lost to the Red Sox in the championship series. So who knows how many titles the A's might have won but still Chris you think about winning three in a row and how hard that is now the Dodgers had won five straight beginning in 1949 but they took the best shots from these clubs too right like you said these were good teams beginning in 72 with the big red machine you know and probably one of the things that helps this is the fact that the one common enemy that we have talked about 
is Charlie Finley. And these guys knew they were motivated by not just winning, but by money. Like today, these guys make so much money, their share for the World Series is not changing their lives. Well, back then, when you talk to guys like Ray Fossey, that check by winning the World Series was a big deal. So they, you know, a lot of times you win championships, you get complacent. This group stayed hungry. Well, and you know, Ray has told the story to you many times, I'm sure, of his negotiations with Charlie Finley when he'd go in and say, Charlie, I had a good year and I deserve a raise. And Finley would respond by saying, Ray, your raise will be your World Series check. And that's the way they looked at it. So, yeah, I mean, and the other thing too, Chris, and I know we've talked about this, Raleigh Fingers was such an unbelievable weapon. The A's don't come close to winning even one World Series, let alone three, without Fingers. And this game was a great example of it because uh, we had the matchup from game one with Holtzman for the A's and Messer Smith for the Dodgers. And Holtzman pitched great, seven and two-thirds, got the win, comes out of the game in the eighth inning, and, and Raleigh gets a big strikeout of Joe Ferguson. He ends the game with Vaughn Joshua from Castlemont High in Oakland coming off the bench to pinch hit. And uh, Raleigh gets the double play to end the game as he goes one and a third. He would pitch two innings in the clinching game in game five. So this whole what we've been doing in this series of pregame shows has reinforced how important Fingers was to these A's teams. Yeah, and I know we got some Reggie Jackson cuts to play as we had him on A's Cast Live. And before we do that, though, you think of three players. You think of Catfish, you think of Raleigh, and you think of Reggie. These are three players, star players, future Hall of Famers. I mean, they just weren't good players. They're all-time greats. And then you have some all-time goods, too. Right, you would have some guys in the A's have been great in instituting and in with the um, development of the A's fame, and so I think by the time we're done with this, and it'll be years down the road, so many of these players that we've talked about that uh, during these pregame shows will be members of the A's Hall of Fame. And I've always felt, Chris, there should be a place for a ball club honor because you aren't quite baseball Hall of Fame worthy but would be in that all-time good category. And so many of these, these A's players are deserving of that kind of recognition. Yeah, they got three World Series rings, a lot of them. <laughs> right, right. And not too many human beings own three, three, three uh, World Series rings. I mean, and you mentioned, you know, you know, once we get the new ballpark and have a beautiful Hall of Fame, there's a lot of guys to be put in from, from these teams. Yeah, Bando, Rudy, Campaneris. Uh, Vita, Holtzman. You know, if you Holtzman starts this game and you think about the four-year run that he had with the A's beginning in 72, he goes 19 and 11, 21 and 13, 19 and 17, 18 and 14 with ERAs that are 2.51, 297, 307, and 3.14 in the innings. 265, 297, 255, and 266. So you could stack up those four seasons for Holtzman against pretty much anybody, including pitchers who've made it into the Hall of Fame. I, I don't believe you. There's no way a pitcher can go over 250 innings. That That's not allowed. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I remember when Ray told me, he goes, you just go look at Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry one year threw like 350 innings. Yeah, no, you're right. So you, well, let's get to some of the cuts because I know sure. you have some great sound and uh, Buck Martinez, who, of course, is from Sacramento, 
long career in baseball as a player, manager, broadcaster. Uh, he was playing in Kansas City during this great run for the A's, and he reflected on those A's teams. They were unbelievable in their ability to put great teams together. You know, uh, Johnny McNamara was the manager in 70, and Dick Williams came over, and they, they lost the championship series in 71. But then they won three straight World Series. And all the while, I'm playing in Kansas City, and we're trying to catch these guys. And uh, it was just a terrific team. They had everything you wanted in a baseball team. Of course, they had Reggie Jackson and Sal Bando and Bert Campaneras. But then they had a young pitcher that caught the league uh, by surprise in, in Vita Blue. He won the Cy Young and the MVP in 71 and just carried that right on through those championship seasons. But uh, we loved playing against Oakland. We, we loved it. They were tremendous players. They were fiery. They had a lot of personality. They had Catfish and Vita, as we mentioned. And, and they had uh, so many great players, uh, Gene Tennis and Dave Duncan early on, and, of course, Ray Fossey and, of course, who can forget the closer, Raleigh Fingers? But you talk about a, a collection of Hall of Fame caliber players. They had them in open. And uh, we always enjoyed playing against those great teams. Yeah, so this was the 16th of October. And the A's would win the World Series the next night. And in five games, beat the Dodgers four games to one. And we had mentioned, Chris, what would have happened if the team had stayed together? No catfish in 75. What about... Reggie Jackson talking about what would have happened if these guys had stayed together. You know, I had always thought about that, uh, uh, to be very honest with you. You know, if, if, if free agency hadn't come about, and I don't blame Charlie Finley. Nobody knew what was going on. Um, he sold players. He traded players. And he was trying to rebuild, et cetera, because we didn't have a good fan base. We didn't, we didn't have enough money to compete. Uh, with the teams in New York and the Red Sox and uh, the Yankees. And, and we just didn't draw people like Chicago and L.A., et cetera. So he did the next best thing, and that was to try to sell his teams. And, um, you know, that's really the, the, the way it went. It, it, it went, and that's why we broke up. But I really think if they would have kept the free agent clause silent, if that would not have happened, um, then – you know, we were all 28, 29 years old, and we'd have won three or four out of the next six or seven World Series. We were good, and we were we were really good players, and we were a great team with great pitching. The only 300-hitter we had was Joe Rudy. Yeah, and I also think we should mention, Chris, that they had a good bench, too. It wasn't just the stars and the guys we've talked about, the guys who've gotten all the accolades, because unsung heroes and guys that weren't that well-known around baseball, like Angel Mangual, part of the three-pinch hit, successful in the ninth inning in Game 2. And the key hit in this game, Ray Fossey uh, behind the plate, and he goes one for two, but just two at-bats, because in the sixth inning, when the A's scored those four runs, Jim Holt, a left-handed hitter, came off the bench and delivered a two-run single. So that was really big as well. So the way that these teams were put together, I think that was also advantageous. And think about Dick Green. A lot of people think he's one of the reasons why they won this World Series, and he didn't even have a hit in the series. No, that's right. It's like Ray said if he had had two or three hits, he might have been the MVP because his defense was that good. 
Yeah, he walked away with the Babe Ruth Award. That's how good he was in this series, and he didn't get a hit. But, you know, the thing that that I, I look at, if that run would have continued, would there have never been a big red machine if the A's never get broken up? Well, they won it in 75 and 76, right? Right. So you might have had, well, if the A's had beaten the Red Sox in the, in the ALCS in 75, you would have had a rematch of the 72 World Series. Would have, that would have really been something. So you make a great point. It and would then have how been- about this? The, the, the Yankees run after that was with Catfish and Reggie Jackson. You take Catfish and Reggie Jackson off those Yankees teams, and they're still with the A's. The A's could have dominated the entire 70s. Yeah, the horse had left the barn, though, as you know, in the mid-70s. And Messersmith, who pitches this game, was baseball's first free agent when he signed with Atlanta. And that opened up the floodgates, and so a lot of the free agents followed. And one reason why uh, it led to the demise of the A's team. But Reggie was very realistic in looking at it. Uh, the A's, just for all their greatness, didn't draw that many fans. No, but we're going to celebrate this time because it was very, very special. We still need to hear from Tommy John. You're going to hear from our buddy Shooty Babbitt, uh, Dick Green. We talked about how big he was in this series at second base. And Rick Dempsey, longtime catcher, actually helped beat the A's when the A's took on the Dodgers in 1988. But we all remember him as such a great Oriole and just a treasure, a baseball treasure one of the real good guys in the game. That's all coming your way next right here on A's Cast. Today's Swinging A's game is brought to you by Budweiser. Budweiser, legendary lager for legendary moments in athletics history. Please drink responsibly. This Bud's for the magic. The athletics. The Giants. In support for everyone affected by the ongoing pandemic, Budweiser created an emotional 60-second video that champions the best of the American spirit called One Team. The spot is a tribute honoring the everyday people of America who are rising above the call of duty to help in the wake of the COVID-19 health crisis. From doctors and nurses working tirelessly around the clock to grocery store clerks working in today's new normal, Bud's film reminds us that we are all one team and that America is at its best when its people come together to make an impact for their local communities. To watch the video and learn more about how you can help, go to Budweiser.com slash one team. Chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers, even during an emergency. The safety and health of workers, customers, and the communities where Chevron operates are primary concerns. In Northern California, Chevron and Texaco stations are open for business, supplying quality fuels in a safe manner. Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit on us to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Hi, I'm Kathy Adams, president of the Oakland African American Chamber of Commerce. As the impact of COVID-19 grows, OAACC believes it is important that the African-American community hears directly from us in regards to mitigation efforts you may enact it to reduce the risk to your family and loved ones. Recent data reveals African-Americans are dying from COVID-19 at disproportionate rates than other groups. 
expert cite diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and lung disease as factors. It is imperative that we institute safeguard measures listed on the OAACC website. We will be conducting virtual forums with African-American experts sharing how we must conduct ourselves during this pandemic. OAACC has taken up the mantle to be caretakers for our community. Visit us at OAACC.org. This is the Legendary Moments pregame show brought to you by Budweiser. Chris Townsend and Ken Korak with you, getting you ready for game four of the 1974 World Series. God, I hope we can do one of these where it, we're not looking back. It's uh, 2020 or 2021, and I'm throwing it to you. Well, what if he is won the World Series in 2020? If we, you know, if we get back to playing. Yeah, yeah, they, they're going to be one of the favorites. There, there's no question about it. You know, we had Tommy John on the program. And you think about his legendary career. It, it, it really is head-scratching that he's not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. 288 career wins. I think it was 167 wins after the famous surgery. He has a career-high 187 no decision, Ken. I mean, seriously, he should easily won over 300 games. And it's the most famous sports surgery of all time. How is this guy not in the Hall of Fame? I agree. And it's by far the most famous surgery, groundbreaking and it's interesting to look back on this Dodger club because Messersmith had still had a good rotation with Messersmith and Don Sutton and Al Downing. Downing had taken Tommy John's spot, ostensibly. He'd taken John's start in this series. Tommy John was one of the best pitchers in baseball before he hurt his elbow, and that happened during the 74 season. 22 games, he was 13-3 and with a 2.59 ERA before he blew out the elbow. He tried to pitch with it for a while, but he just couldn't. And that was the origin of Tommy John's surgery. Well, and... I asked Dr. Joe because I had the utmost confidence in him because I knew Dr. Job had my best interest. We tried uh, rehabbing and all that and just couldn't do it. So now we're getting at the end of August and the first part of September, and I call him up one Saturday, and I think we're in Atlanta, called him up. I, I said, we've got to do something. You know, th this is not working. Well, he said, come in and see me tomorrow, Monday, at the office. So I flew home to L.A. and uh, went in to see him, and I, I said, you know, I, I want to pitch again. He said, well, the surgery that I've got to do on you, he said, I've never done before on a pitcher. I put ligaments in and uh, tendons to replace ligaments and polio patients in their knees and ankles and all that, but I've never done it uh, in an elbow. So, you know, we're, we're kind of in space. And I said, Dr. Job, if you do your job, I will more than do my job. Because he had told me earlier that in orthopedic surgeries, uh, rehabilitation is probably 60 to 70% of the success of the surgery. So we decided on September the 25th, and uh, it was funny, my daughter, Tamara, 
was born on the 27th. So I had the surgery and I had to leave the hospital uh, two days later to go to the to be at the uh, birth of my first child. Wild. Absolutely wild. Can you imagine that? I've never done this surgery before, but what do you think? You want to try it? <laughs> yeah, and he actually, I don't know if we're going to play this on the show, if, if the uh, pregame show will be carried as um, we join the NBC telecast and hear the audio, of course, here on AceCast, but he was optimistic about pitching the next year because they were in uncharted waters, and he did a little pregame interview with Tony Kubek, Chris. He said, you know, I, I think I might be back for spring training. Well, that we, we've learned since then that this deal is, is a year or maybe even a year and a half or more. He didn't pitch at all in 75, but he came back, and he was, as you said, as he reviewed those numbers, he was great beginning in 76. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, he was the guinea pig. And, and you know the crazy thing is I asked him, has anybody who's ever had Tommy John ever seeked you out? And he said, he said, are you sitting down? And I said, yeah, I'm sitting down. He goes, not one. Wow. Not one of the bazillion pitchers who have ever had Tommy John has ever reached out to him. And if you look at some of the pitching staffs, more than half the guys in some of the ball clubs have had Tommy John, literally. It's amazing how pervasive it is. And you know who was... Go ahead, Greg. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, let's hear from Shooty Babbitt. We switch gears a little bit because our good friend Shooty, he's on your show a lot. Um, He's one of the the all-time great people in the game. And, of course, growing up in the East Bay, and he talked about growing up and watching these A's teams. You know, as a kid, you know, we all played the same games in front of the house, uh, the strikeout games, the rundown games, the three flies up games. And while we were doing that, we were emulating the best players in the game, and we were fortunate to have the best in the game about 20 miles down the road playing every single night. Um, I was fortunate enough to have Cloud of Washington grow up in my neighborhood. So not only did I idolize Burke Campaneris, but I saw a youngster at 19 years old that didn't even play high school baseball get taken from a track team in Berkeley by Mr. Jim Gwynn and go on to star in the World Series for the Oakland A's at 19 years old, swinging a 36-ounce, 36-inch bat, which is unheard of. Uh, and he swung it like a club, man. But – you can name all the personalities, the players. Uh, it was an incredible group. A guy's ownership was out of his mind. He did it his way. But the bottom line is that they won, and uh, they fought on the field, in the clubhouse. But, man, when the game was on the line, they played like a team that was pulling together by one accord for sure. Yeah, I'm glad that Shooty mentioned Claudel because he was in the lineup in this game. It's kind of a surprise because he played left field. He wound up going two for three in game four of the series, scored a run, walked. Now, the A's normal outfield through this whole run was Rudy in left and North in center and Reggie in right and Gene Tennis at first base and Fossey behind the plate. For this game, Claudel played left field and Rudy came in to play first and Tennis was on the bench and he would come in the game later. And of course, Ray was behind the plate. Like we said, they later pinch hit for Ray, but. Claudel was really a good player. He's um, recently dealt with some hard times. Ray's been battling prostate cancer, but I texted with Shooty and also Ray Fossey, and they said he's hanging in there. And, uh, you know, we, we just send out our best to Claudel because he was really a good player. And as Shooty said, uh, from Berkeley, California. 
Yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to him. And I was just thinking about, you know, listening to Shooty. Think about if you're a kid growing up in the East Bay. You just think your team wins the World Series every year. And it makes me think of one of the latest dynasties. So this is really the first Bay Area dynasty. Of course, the 49ers, I mean, they won 10 games a year, 10 plus, 10 or more games a year for 16 straight years, won five Super Bowls. That was for sure a dynasty. Some people debate about the Giants. Uh, and then, of course, what we've just seen with the Golden State Warriors, you know, you're somebody who's young growing up and you don't remember the the Warriors' bad past. Now you just think Steph Curry and they win it every single year. And, and obviously their journey's not done yet, but this was really the first Bay Area dynasty. Right, and even though the Giants made it to the World Series in 62 and eventually lost to the Yankees in the seventh game when McCovey lined out to Bobby Richardson, the Giants didn't win a World Series in the Bay Area until, of course, um, 80... Well, when the, it, this recent run, because they played the A's in 88, but it wasn't until they won the three um, this decade that that was their first World Series in the Bay Area. So um, the A's, as far as baseball was concerned, uh, they were the teams that had, they were the, those clubs had the rings. And it's always interesting. And we can play a little Rick Dempsey. It's always interesting to see how the players that played against them, how they felt about these guys in these teams. Yeah, no doubt. They had a lot of respect in Rick Dempsey, who played against the A's, like you said earlier for the Orioles talks about that. In 1969 and 1970, I was playing in the big leagues for the Minnesota Twins, and the Oakland A's were in our division, and they beat us both years. They were already, you know, entertaining the talents of Catfish Hunter at that time, and he's just unbeatable. That ball club with Campaneris at shortstop and Reggie Jackson and, and these players that they had at that time, Joe Rudy. Wow, I mean, they just... They developed a dynasty there in Oakland that just couldn't be matched and hasn't been matched ever since. Well, I think the Yankees did pretty good there at the uh, <laughs> late 90s into the 2000s as, as they rolled off uh, three in a row. But, yeah, it's only the Yankees and the A's, Ken, in baseball history. We've been playing well over 100 years to win three straight or more. I mean, it's just it's such an accomplishment. And the respect that their peers had for them, and we're hearing a lot of it on A's Cast Live. And we've seen firsthand how hard it is just to win one playoff series with this current group of A's, then going back to the beginning of the four straight postseasons in 2000 and not getting past. Now, you had there's, there's one more layer now than you had back then. In fact, the championship series was just best of five. And the A's played uh, the Orioles and won that series three games to one this year in 74. So you've got to win one more series. But still, for the A's in the 10 postseasons they've had in the last two decades to not win a World Series, even get to one, despite the quality of the teams they had, I think just shows you it's hard to win one, let alone three in a row. Yeah, now we throw in the wild card, too. Right, yeah. Well, we've. I think the A's have had enough of that, right? Yeah. They like to get past... <laughs> They'd like Sorry to get past Nubby to deal with that game. But in this game, so Campy leading off and North batting second, Bando third base batting third, Reggie and right, Rudy at first base, like we said, Claudel Washington in left field, Fossey batting seventh. He was one for two in the game. And then Dick Green batting eighth and Kenny Holson batting ninth. And I know you really wanted to hear this. We have to get this in because we're not going to play game five and the A's would win the World Series the next night on the 17th of October. And here was Ray Fossey and his shining moment and one of the big blows in the game 
that clinched the 74 World Series for the A's. The strike one pitch from the right-hander Sutton. And there's the curve, hits deep to left field. Back goes Buckner. The curveball is hit out of here, and it's 2 to nothing. Bossy gets the home run. Sutton hung a curveball for Ray Bossy, and he jumped all over it and hit it out of here. That is the voice, by the way, of Jim Simpson, who was one of the primary voices of NBC back then and did a lot of big stuff on TV and radio. NBC Radio had the uh, the radio rights, of course, to the World Series back then. So he was a you know real fixture for them and also became one of the first voices of ESPN, Chris. I know that was way before your time, but... Oh, no, no, I'm old enough to remember ESPN started. Yeah, he was such a... I mean, he was... He was like a big-time guy, right? (laughs) So when Jim Simpson signed with ESPN, they felt that kind of validated what they were doing and and gave them some uh, credibility. Fossey going deep in the World Series. This this might be my favorite highlight of all time. My man Fossey. A Hall of Famer. Who, who 13 years later, would throw at Ray Fossey in an old-timers game. Who would also pitch for the A's before the A's dealt him to the Angels. But... uh, and also, I might add, someone who had great respect, and the respect was mutual for Bill King. Even though Sutton spent less than a full year with the A's, uh, Sutton was one of Bill's favorite players to wear the green and gold. Yeah, there's something about the relationship, like yourself, that you'll have with the players over the years because you travel so much. You're part of the traveling family. Right, and, and Bill thought that Sutton was a civilized man in the Bill King vernacular. You know, he liked to have a nice bottle of wine. Uh, he enjoyed some of the finer things, and he was a cultured person. So that was very attractive to Bill. And if you felt like that the right time to have dinner was like 9 o'clock at night, which Bill and I had to negotiate that, like a starting time for dinner, that also endeared yourself to Bill King. Well, Don Sutton was never afraid to give an opinion. I'm, I'm that, sure he uh... Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Well, he had that old-school mentality and that – that was big for Bill as well. Yeah, he was a great pitcher. And what a great battle between two great franchises. They'd hook up again in 1988. But this is really going to be the dagger here for the Los Angeles Dodgers. As they're in trouble, it is game four of the 1974 World Series. I can't wait to watch it. You can go over to NBC California and watch this game. And you can turn the volume down and listen here on A's cast. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope everybody enjoyed. Ken, thank you so much for your time tonight. Don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow, A's Cast Live from 1 to 4. Enjoy Game 4 of the 1974 World Series right here on A's Cast and also NBC Sports California. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.